All right. Hey, Jen, how you doing? Hey, awesome. Good. How are you? So uh, this is Jen Wexler, everybody who's watching this. She is an amazing filmmaker, a producer, director, and just overall badass. Um, I was introduced to her through Glass Eye Picks, and she's just an incredible, you're, you're just like this awesome mentor, but like active creative in the community. Um, oh my God. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for being my first guest. I like, you know, I'm such a big fan and it just like happens to be that we're friends and we've been having quarantinis all these days. So Yeah. I feel like this is just going to move our quarantinis to like a public space where yeah. people can watch us. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I mean, it's, it's uh, our way of being social. And I know that unless anything's changed since we last talked, this is you have been the most hardcore with this social distancing. I'm so hardcore. I think, I mean, I, I kind of want to stop counting. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, should I, should I count? And then I'm like, no, I don't want to like think about it. But I think it's around 60 days. Yeah. And you, been, you have not left at all. Just to like, you know, get my mail and take the trash out. Like yeah. here and there. But I live in a really crowded area in Brooklyn. I'm right near Prospect Park. So lots of people are walking around outside. And I feel like every time I go outside, I just, you know, it's, it's a little bit scary being around so many people. So I've just been trying to stay in as much as possible. Yeah. And now I feel like I want to make a marathon out of it. It's like, how yeah. long can I be in my apartment, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed because you're really well adjusted about it. And I mean, guess it's because like you're being fed really well. Yeah. Like, good food. My, <laughs> we, do, we, Austin and I have talked about, um, you know, different delivery options in Brooklyn and stuff. But, uh, yep, we've been... We, we have food come like once a week or so. I mean, it's like a really, I don't know. I'm like really grateful for this, like for this lifestyle, for not having to go out. And obviously um, it's really hard when you're in a position where you do have to leave your apartment because it's a scary time right now. So you're, I mean, trying to be grateful. Exactly. Being, and also being resourceful. I mean, my first conversations with uh, people like you in the film community were a lot of like, all right, how do we produce this quarantine? Like, how do we, where can we get our resources? Where can we, like, help each other out? Who do we need to promote? Who do we need to, like, get funding? Like, all these different things. Like, it was, it's unbelievable how quickly the film community, like, jumps to help each other during these times. Yeah. I, I've just been immensely touched by it. But, and this brings me to my, my first question um, for you today. Uh, so something I think about a lot, which was what led me to do this show um, after having done YouTube like years ago, is uh, what's your North Star? Like what is a driving force for you, um, like a purpose or something that whenever you're not sure about what to do, what are like your guiding principles and your core values in the work that you do? Well, first of all, I want to say this question is super poignant for your background. <laughs> which I'm like very jealous of. Um, I'm yeah, not able, I'm not able to have a background because my computer is not up to speed, I guess. Um, but yes, this, this, it seems very 
the question seems on theme with your amazing background. Um, so what is my North Star when times are tough? Um, I would say uh, I get, I'm really captive, like just in terms of talking about projects and stuff. Um, I, I really like fall head over heels in love with like the worlds that I'm creating and exploring and working on. So even when it seems like a project, like if a project's having um, some tough times getting started, like my uh, relationship with the aesthetic, with the style, with the core themes, like that, it's almost like a romantic relationship. Like I've fallen in love with this story. I've fallen in love with wanting to tell this story and explore everything about this story. So even if, you know, on the outside, you know, you hit some tough times with a project, like we all do, making sure that you're in love with the thing that you're pursuing is really helpful. Um, and also I, I'm just surrounded by really great people, like my friends, my family, my fiance, everyone, like I have a really great support system and, you know, we all try to be there for each other. I mean, that was really evident in, um, your debut, directorial debut, The Ranger. You had aesthetic on point, like style on point. You could tell that there was a very deliberate world. And that's something that's like, I think it's really important when people's intentions are like what you know they're full on and they're able to communicate those intentions to every department it's like incredible how you can actually note that the director was involved because i think some films you know correct me if you feel different but like some films you'll watch and it's a beautiful collaborative effort you know and you're like i don't know where the art director took hold of the actor like everybody contributed something so major but then there's some films like yours that I feel that really do, you can see your taste in the film. And like, you can see that you were able to communicate that to the different people involved. Like all the actors are in the same movie. You know what I mean? Like all the music is in the same movie. All the look, you chose like your own particular world, not necessarily based on a specific reality, but like what you wanted. To accomplish and I think that that's that's really neat so thank you so much thank you that was definitely like the goal you know this the ranger was a story that started off for my friend and I when we were in college together so it's been with us for a really long time um and when we got the opportunity to actually make the film I just really did want to pour like all these things I love to geek out about like yeah. Uh, this like Lisa Frank aesthetic and everything um, but that is why I'm like that is what I love about directing is like every story has its own aesthetic every single movie has its own aesthetic and the aesthetic will be determined by where it's set the period and all that of course but also the themes yeah. um, and and it's like how do you use that the those themes and how do you use the aesthetics and how do you marry them in a really organic way. So I think that there's a lot of work that you do early on. Uh, you know, you have your script and then you're trying to get financing. And it's like, that's the time when you're really exploring what is this world going to look like? And you're talking to like potential collaborators and you're defining for yourself, like what is the dream version of this movie? Because you can't communicate it to anybody unless you know what it is first. Exactly. And I know that you actually set this up through um, Frontiers, 
for Fantasia yeah. Festival. So you had to make like a pitch deck, uh, you know, a proof of concept and all these different things. So I think it's really fascinating. Like a lot of filmmakers do have to put themselves in a position to know their vision before the reality like is set in and you know it's yeah it was an amazing exercise actually like um so for anybody who doesn't know frontiers um co-production market at the fantasia film festival is like you go to montreal uh, if you if your project is you submit your project and if it's selected you go to montreal and you pitch your movie to um uh, like a room full of industry people and then you have all these one-on-one -on -one meetings so as out of frontiers like uh, our film the ranger got financed um but uh as you said like in prepping for frontiers and prepping for your presentation that you're going to give at frontiers you have to create all these different materials and that was like a really helpful um i'm like so grateful for that exercise because you know it was my first feature as a director. I produced some, but as a director, it was my first feature. And it really forced me to figure out uh, what am I saying with the movie visually? Yeah. What is the aesthetic? Like, how do I talk about the movie to people? Um, because I've, I've, I've met a lot, of, a lot of filmmakers who haven't been through that process and don't realize they need to go through that process. And it's also, you, you know, when you're starting out, you can, it's almost like, like, what do I do next? Okay, here's my screenplay. Now I want to make it. How do I make it? So um, Frontiers was really helpful in helping me wrap my mind around what you do next. Yeah, and, and honest, also I think that that's, it brought your message clear at the end because you did have to sell it from the beginning. I know a lot of projects, the producers take more of that pitch standpoint. So I think that, you know, any any, like, festival that does do something like that they give the directors and the producers the opportunity to really like nail their voice down absolutely you've been so good uh your experience prior to ranger was in producing so you've been really good at finding ways to get people's voices and like make sure it can like happen and then the logistics behind it you know right yeah thank you yeah, so <laughs> we're obviously like we already like know so much about each other, so it's yeah. interesting. But um, you know, a, a film that you did recently that I absolutely adore, uh, producing wise, was Depraved, and you were able to accomplish a lot of like interesting things. Um, anything you want to share about that experience? Um, yeah, well, it was Larry Fessenden's um, most recent feature film, it, and Larry Fessenden. For anyone who doesn't know, he's a he's an icon of independent horror. Um, he is like art house horror since the '90s. Yeah, he's or maybe '80s. He started hit the company Glass Eye Picks in the '80s. Um, so I've been working at Glass Eye Picks, or I was working at Glass Eye Picks uh, starting in 2013. So it was just like such a joy for me to get to you know, finally produce one of his features. And it was a feature that he'd been trying to make for a long time. It was his take on um, on Frankenstein, modern day Frankenstein set in Brooklyn. And uh, just getting to like be on set, watch him in his element. He also produces a lot. So yeah. I certainly learned a lot from him in terms of producing. 
but getting to, and I had made some, I produced some short form content that he had directed, but getting to like be on set for this, his feature, his like this passion project that he had been waiting a really long time to make was just such a special, wonderful experience. And if you know Larry, you know his aesthetic. And I think that Depraved is like you're inside the mind of Larry Fessenden. Yeah. It's the yeah. most realized. I think that it was like you guys were able to put together what he'd been dreaming of doing for a long time. And um, and sometimes, you know, those kinds of things also get made when you don't get too much of a budget. You know, obviously more budget is great, but sometimes I think that Glass Eye has been really great at showing what people can do with creativity and limited, you know, budget and like. Oh, for sure. So. And that's something that we... Uh, always tried to do at Glass Eye is well first of all like supporting the filmmaker that was one of the important things I learned from the producers of Glass like when I was first starting there like we support the vision of the filmmaker and um uh you know doing it on a budget like just because we can't get the dream budget doesn't mean we're not going to make the movie we're going to figure out how to use these creative restraints and make an awesome film within them. And all of that, that it was like, I, I did go to film school, but this was like real film school. <laughs> this was like on the ground. Here's, and then, you know, getting the opportunity, I produced like six features while I was a glass eye. So, and all of that was really helpful um, prepping me for when I went to direct the Ranger. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, um, so we've known each other for a few years and you've obviously been producing and you've worked on a lot of like really interesting projects that have like harrowing moments on screen and obviously probably off screen too, but how do you keep so level-headed and chill? You're like always like, it's all right. It's a, oh it's my a God. <laughs> like um, I've never seen you freak out. I've never seen you freak out ever. And unless we're talking about like, things that enrage us about the portrayals of women in film. Like that's For the only sure. way I ever see you enraged. And like you and I have talked about why it's totally like on brand for you to get enraged for that. But right. on For set, sure. Jen Wexler, like you're inside. Are you actually freaking out inside and just really good at holding it? Or are you like, you know what? Just roll it off. Like, There's a lot of things that happen when you're making a movie. So certainly over the course of like six features, there have been a lot of different things that have happened. Um, but, you know, you try not to let them rattle you too much. You try to learn from the experiences. And overall, I think in terms of, you know, being on the set, like everybody's looking to the director and to the producers for what the vibe of the set should be and what the dynamic should be. So if there's a lot of freaking out in those places, it kind of trickles to the rest of the set and that's not what you want. And you want to be able to approach everything as level-headed as possible. Um, you know, at uh, Glass Eye, we, we have a saying, which is safety first, movie second, feelings third. Um, so we try to remember what the order is, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, we're making these like, like small films or small crews, like it's such a, 
a pleasure and we're so lucky to be able to be making these movies and um we're so like grateful to all the people that are like working on them and giving us like their time for you know we're not paying them a ton of money like no one's getting paid these are like passion projects and um so we need to like at the very least be civil to each other and love each other and be a family and if you're making art really treat it that way and don't let like egos and whatever fear or whatever get in the way of the dynamic you know so that's your core how do you translate that same energy to you worked on um that the cw show of pandora right yep yeah how do you translate that chill gen passion project energy to a like sleek you know tv network you know, high budget, high stakes. You've got all these like pretty young people that you want to make sure are doing their best. How do you how do you translate that? And like, how was that experience? That must have been awesome. It was super. I had such a blast on that. Um, so, you know, from a directing perspective, it's all about. I mean, I get excited by the material, right? So, I'm excited by the material. I have my like interpretation of the material and how I want to approach it. And then it's taking that like excitement and enthusiasm and you know, connecting like with it, with the rest of the cast and with the showrunner. And that's, it's all about creativity. And on a, on a TV show, you know, it's really the showrunner's vision. So you want to make sure everything you're doing fits within the showrunner's vision. And so it's, um, but that's such a fun sandbox to play in, yeah. you know, it's so fun to, figure out like okay what are the rules of this world and how am I how am I going to take this material and fit it into the rules of the world again it's like creative constraints like that can be a lot of fun yeah um if you are approaching it with like the right outlook so uh in terms of like how I am on set I mean I'm just excited about getting to be there and and getting to like make this thing and I I try to um bond with the different department heads and with the cast over like the creative ideas around the scripts. My um episode was episode six so I was halfway um through the season they sh- they were shooting five episodes before mine and so there's an entire world that they've been creating so the most important thing is like that everything I'm doing matches that world from like in terms of tone but also in terms of like props so you know as a tv director you find yourself asking like has this been established yet has this has this prop been established yet has this idea been established yet is this a thing I need to check to see how it was already handled in a previous episode or is this something that we're creating and therefore we should have a creative discussion about you know you and the showrunner and the writers you should have a creative discussion about how to approach it and how to present it for the first time because something that's already been established and again whether that's a uh, an emotion or if it's a, a location or whatever there will be like the team has been there the crew's been there they know what that thing entails um but the director is the new person so the director really has to get up to speed um in terms of the world yeah yeah I've I've only had um one tv experience and it was very like 
my part was like, it was just like, go in, go like they, everybody was like, you know, cause time is money. So it's, it's quite an undertaking and uh, it's with someone else's ideas, you know, it's such, such an interesting theory. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, what, uh, what have been your favorite? I'm sure you're watching a lot of movies right now cause we have so much time. Or I am. What are, what are your favorite like um, quarantine finds? Your quarantine movie wrecks. I've been watching a lot of Shutter. Um, Shutter's great. We love every Shutter. time they do the um, anytime they do any kind of live viewing thing, I'm usually watching it. Yeah. Um, I just watched Blood Quantum the other night. How is which, that? It was really good. I thought, and I thought it was like a beautiful movie. Um, I've been watching like Joe Bob. They did yes. Heather's and Maniac the other day. And I mean, those are already in life, like two of my favorite films. And then getting to hear all the behind the scenes detail and stuff was just like, obviously so cool. Um, and I watched like all the Friday, I watched Friday the 13th, one through seven. Like I, I hadn't seen them in a really long time. And I don't know if I've ever, I don't, I like, there were parts that I had never seen or whatever. So I just like sat and watched one through seven straight through. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fully paying attention. I'm going to know every single moment of these seven movies. And now I, I mean, I've seen obviously, um, Jason goes to Manhattan, yeah. but I might revisit the ones beyond that maybe to, con to complete the full marathon we'll see well i i hope you're counting because I, I believe it's still on shutter i could be wrong um because it is a new month but uh crystal like memories oh it, i started it and it was really fascinating yeah I, oh my god i had to keep stopping and starting and it was like so much information to retain yeah it's i it's uh, it's uh, i mean Talk about like indie film, like figuring out how to do something simple that makes it last forever and be super viable. Yeah, um, no, it's so cool to like hear everyone talking about the different films. Um, it's so cool to do, like I would recommend for anyone out there who's like, how should I get through quarantine? To watch like one through seven and then, or however far it goes, and then uh, watch Crystal Lake Memories because it's just so fascinating, the behind the scenes stories. Yeah, and the things that, like, we didn't get to see because, like, some cameras got, like, like messed up or footage missing or this or that, that, that's, that stuff is fascinating. Yeah. Well, then, what would you like me to tell the universe on your behalf? I would like you to tell the universe that everyone should be kind to each other. Okay, so verbatim, I should, I should say everyone should be kind to each other. You should say... Everyone be kind to each other. Got it. Got it. I'm going to I'm going to write that down. Okay. Cool. Because I'll we're in a really tough time right now yeah. and the last thing we need is for people to be dicks to each other. Yeah. I find that it takes actually a lot more energy to be a dick to somebody than it does to just say like to like every time somebody says something mean to me, like I just kind of smile for a second and then it just like yeah burns off of me and yeah then it's like that's that's what you're going through right now yeah you know like well if we were all kind to each other then you wouldn't even have that experience yeah and we would just all have like love for each other and support and that's 
that's like how good things happen in the world when people support each other. This so. is true. This is true. This one, this, I don't know how this will show up on my video, but the person I'm talking to, Jen, is someone who has from the beginning been super supportive of anybody seeking like indie film advice that is like genuinely passionate about it. And you helped me make my first film. And that was like a really, you know, great experience to just have someone just, just say like, yeah, do it. Aww. You just, it's, it's like you need someone to tell you that you need to give yourself permission and you were yeah. for me. And, you know, it's, I think that that's what's so beautiful about the film community is we're all, we all just got to lift each other up and, uh, I will be sure to tell people to everyone be kind to one another. I will I will yell it really loud. All right. Yay. Thank you so much for coming, Jen. And uh, Thank you, Asta. Stay strong. Woo! <laughs>